This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, May 29, 2011. After the resurrection, restoration. So Peter the Spider-Man needs restoration. That's true also for Peter the Fisherman, which is the basis of our focus this morning. Restoration. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Lord, we do thank you for today, a day that you've made, that we rejoice in. Lord, we praise you for you are Adonai, and your kindness is oh so sweet. Thank you for meeting us where we are, Lord, but helping us be all that you want us to be. Now open up our hearts so that we might hear the message that you might have intended for each one of us here. Help us set our agendas aside and just focus on you. We pray this in your most holy and precious name, and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so I've shared before the story of when I was eight years old and how um, a couple of friends and I smoked a pack of Marlboro cigarettes there behind what used to be known as Ogletown Junior High School up in Newark on a Saturday morning. I, I remember most of that experience, the, the feeling of intense guilt afterwards. I remember thinking, what will my grandmother think? <laughs> kind of like Peter. What will my grandmother think when she, if she and when she finds it? Well, it's hilarious because she was a smoker at the time. But anyway... Anyway, uh, this feeling of guilt was just eating me up so badly that I, you know, I had to come clean. I had to get it out. I had to confess. So I finally got the nerve up to share it with my dad. Uh, he was pretty cool about the whole thing. I didn't even get punished. How do you like that? I did guess. He o- did he offer you a cigarette? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> actually, he said, "Well, did you like it?" I said, "Well, no." He said, "Well, why'd you do it then?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> End of discussion. So I guess he figured if I if I felt so guilty and you know I'd messed up, I'd, I'd already paid the price, so to speak. But you know I don't I don't remember it ever coming up again afterwards. What I do remember though was kind of a feeling of of restoration after having this conversation. You know, kind of getting back and things back to the way they should be. Restoration. Well, how about you? How about you? Have you ever done anything that? maybe has separated you from another person or from God. Now, God never separates God's self from us, but we tend to put these walls up. We put these walls up and, you know, we're separated from God, but that's really in our mind because we're never out of God's grip. Amen? Amen. You know, sometimes we really mess up. And we figure that if people found out or if God found out, you know, we just, nobody would like us. God wouldn't love us anymore. Have you ever had something, well, I know because we're human, we've all had these things where we just desperately need forgiveness. Some area in our life where we need to be restored. I can only imagine that, that Peter is having those kind of feelings after the resurrection of Christ. I'm sure he's feeling very far from God, very far from Christ, very far possibly even from the other disciples, especially when you consider the events of the night when Jesus was arrested and then later beaten and hung on a cross to die, especially when you consider Peter's actions 
on that last night together. So today we're going to look at two uh, scriptures. The first is found in Luke 22, and the second is going to be John chapter 21. First, let's take a look at Luke chapter 22. We're starting at verse 54. Then, seizing him, which was Jesus, they led him away and took him into a house, the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he, what, denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Say the next line with me. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered. Can you imagine that scene? I don't know. You know, deny, deny, deny. Rooster crows. The Lord looking straight at Peter. Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And so that's the last interaction that Peter had with Jesus before Jesus was put to death. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can we imagine how he must have felt as he not only denied Jesus, but did it three times? And knowing that Jesus all along knew he was going to do it. I can't imagine carrying that around ever since that night, ever since the, de- the, uh, the death of Jesus on the cross. So is it any wonder that Peter felt like he needed to get away? He was going to go fishing. We talked about that last week where when things get really crazy, we just want to, cr- we crave for what's comfortable, what we know. Um, so here Peter was, he had seen the risen Christ in the upper room that Easter night, but he still had in his mind's eyes carrying around this memory of denying Christ three times. He's remembering that point most probably. I know I would. It's no wonder that Peter just jumped at the opportunity to serve his Lord again when Jesus called out to him to bring in the fish that they caught. And oh boy, did Peter do that. Is it any wonder that Peter now was responding with, yes, Lord. Must have been really comforting to Peter when Jesus invited him and the other disciples to share breakfast on the beach with him, as we, we talked about last week. While comforting, though, it must have been also a little strange for Peter when, when Jesus shared the fish, and especially when he shared the bread Remembering the last time, the last meal they shared together was that last supper after which Peter denied Jesus three times later that night. Now, when they had finished eating, here's what Scripture tells us. 
Jesus said, when they finished eating the fish and the bread on the beach, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Well, we're not exactly sure what these refer to. Is it uh, these other disciples? Is it more than these fish? Anyway, what we do know is what Jesus means. Simon, son of Peter, do you love me more than anything else? Do you love me? Am I the priority of your life? Do you love me? Am I number one? Peter, even though you've denied me, even though you've claimed to not even know me, even though you turned your back on me time and time again, especially when I needed you, Peter, I'm going to give you a chance to make it right and to claim once and for all who's number one in your life. Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And Peter tells Jesus that he loves him, <clears throat> that Jesus knows Peter loves him. And Peter tells him to feed his lambs. In other words, don't just tell me, show me. Don't just give lip service to love me. If you truly love me, then do what I would do. And, and what I would do would be to feed my lambs. Okay, so what does that mean? Feed my lambs. Jesus is the good shepherd. We are his sheep. We are, we are his lambs. Peter is to feed the people around him, to feed the followers of Jesus Christ, the ones that Jesus would feed if he were here, to feed his sheep. And so Jesus is calling Peter to be a shepherd, to care for the lambs, to care for the sheep. See, what this points out is this. Sheep don't care for sheep, do they? Shepherds care for sheep. We're reminded again then of caring for others or taking care of those around us. Minded of the section of the book of Matthew that we talked about last week uh, briefly from section chapter 25, where Jesus, when he says he's in his glory, how all the nations will be gathered before him as he sits on the throne and, and how uh, he will separate the, the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. On the one hand will be those who saw Jesus hungry and gave him something to eat, saw him thirsty, gave him something to drink, saw him when he was a stranger, invited him, gave him clothes, looked after him when he was sick, visited him in prison. And those who were listening when Jesus said that said, well, when did we see you in all these situations, Lord? And he said, uh, what you do for the least of these, you do for me. 
Then he goes on to say, on the other hand, if you don't do any of these things, you don't do them for me. We don't do them for Jesus. If you don't feed the hungry, if you don't feed the thirsty, if you don't visit those in prison, Jesus really makes this pretty clear that there's, you know, a a punishment. It does not please Jesus when we don't reach out in care and concern in his name. Mm. And so Jesus then repeats the question two more times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And each time Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus then responds by telling Peter to take care of his sheep, to feed his sheep. Well, the third time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? The Bible tells us that Peter is hurt. I guess Peter figures that Jesus should know that Peter loves him. He's already said that twice. Anyway, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. So why does Jesus keep asking? Why does Jesus ask a third time? Well, perhaps Jesus needs to ask three times because Peter denied him three times. It mirrors yes three times. I deny you. I deny you. I do. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Jesus asks. You know, the funny thing is, Jesus forgave Peter long before this. (laughs) For that night, weeks before. Because that's Jesus' nature. But often, we don't accept that forgiveness, do we? We don't forgive ourselves. We don't let go. We, we, in this case, I think Peter needs something in order to allow him to know he's been forgiven, <clears throat> to feel he's back in relationship with Jesus, to feel he's been restored. He needs something kind of tangible, something he can really put a hook on, something significant, something meaningful, something real. And so Jesus doesn't just tell Peter that he's forgiven and restored. Jesus entrusts his very sheep to Jesus, uh, to Peter. He allows Peter to care for his sheep, and that is huge. Shepherds don't entrust their sheep to just anyone. Shepherds don't entrust their sheep to just anyone. Shepherds love their sheep. Shepherds care for their sheep. Shepherds die for their sheep, which is exactly what Jesus did for his sheep, for us. So for, Peter, for Jesus to entrust his sheep to Peter, that really speaks volumes of Jesus now saying, okay, here, Peter, I'm turning this over to you. I am no longer here. You're the one I'm entrusting my sheep to. And this talks about, this just demonstrates to Peter that he is forgiven by the Lord that Peter has been restored. So what's that got to do with you and me? Because that's always the question, isn't it? Otherwise, it's just a history lesson. Well, I think Jesus asks us that same question as followers. Do you love me, Jesus says, and and then we have an opportunity to answer. And if we say yes... (laughs) then he gives us the same opportunity he gives Peter. 
feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And you know, we don't earn our salvation by feeding the sheep, do we? No. It's not like there's a big tote board in the sky and if we feed enough sheep, we get enough points and for that magic number that allows us to enter the pearly gates. It's, you know, it's not like the Labor Day telethon thing, you know? That's not how it works. But there was a price. It's already been paid. Amen? Thank the Lord we don't have to pay it because we don't have enough. But Christ did. And, 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 and He already paid it. And we can't do anything to earn any more than we've already gotten. We can't earn it in any way, no matter what we do. And so feeding sheep is the opportunity that Jesus gives us to be the hands and feet of Christ, or as we say here at Connection, to be Jesus with skin on. We have this opportunity, and it's actually a responsibility to do just that. Jesus trusts us to feed his sheep. If we don't, who will? We have this responsibility, this opportunity. And in that, when Jesus said, feed my sheep, as he said to Peter, he tells us that too, feed my sheep. And what Christ is saying is, I love you. You're forgiven. Just come to me. You're forgiven. You're restored. Go out in my name and feed my sheep. So what's that look like? Well, sometimes it's real literal. Feed my sheep. Guy's hungry. Give him some food. That, that homeless guy at McDonald's. Don't just hand him a buck. He might use it. Walk him inside and buy him a McDouble and a fry. Or, I don't know, maybe a salad. I don't know, be healthy or not. But give him something to eat. Let, let's be literal. Very literal. Get, got somebody thirsty. Find them something to drink, hopefully water, as opposed to some other Diet option. Too. That probably wouldn't be his best choice, but, you know, <laughs> feeding those who are hungry is very important because hunger is that basic thing. We can't do much else when we're on an empty stomach, can we? No. And, in fact, Jesus, on more than one occasion, we read in the Scriptures, he did the literal feeding, didn't he? In his case, it was thousands, thousands. Feeding sheep can also be taken more figuratively so that feeding means taking care of. Not only would that mean to feed, but to help out in other ways. To, to reach out to people, to one another in our time of need, in your time of need. To go to the hospital with somebody, even if it's at 2 o'clock in the morning, if you know that, that they're in crisis. To go for a cup of coffee when you find out that someone's going through a rough time. They don't even have to tell you. If you know somebody and you see it in their face and you say, wow, why don't we go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or let's just get a cup of coffee or whatever. And to be able to just listen, not talk wah, wah, wah in their face, but to just be ears to listen, to care for. It means not just people we know either. It means people we don't know. That's, that's the real challenge, isn't it, sometimes? Um, maybe, it's, uh, <laughs> maybe it's returning the shopping cart for that young woman who's not only trying to unload her groceries into her car, but two young children into their car seats as well. 
maybe that's feeding the sheep on that day. Or, 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 or maybe it's um, leaving a little extra tip and a little card of encouragement to that waitress who you can tell this day is a challenge already. <laughs> it's only 10 a.m. Or, or, or maybe it's leaving a card and, and paying the, the bill of the person over there who's eating all by themselves. Or the toll of the guy in back of you. And little card says, just wanted to let you know God loves you in a practical way. Those are, those are feedings. Those are feedings. Feed also means to feed spiritually. To feed Jesus' lambs with the word of God. It doesn't mean preaching a sermon at someone, <laughs> but it could mean offering a word of spiritual encouragement. Monica, you gave me that via email. I'm looking at you, Monica Sammons. <laughs> Just a little word of spiritual encouragement yesterday. Thank you. Spiritual encouragement, a lot of you do that. Keep doing it. It means the world to the person who's the recipient. It means reaching out and having prayer with someone to go out of your way to let somebody know that they are loved by a God who will never let them go. People need that word in their lives. That's how we feed sheep. So many of you are into sheep feeding. And you fed me in so many ways. Thank you. Please keep it up. It's hard, isn't it, to walk it out every day? Feed one another spiritually. Send cards. Give words of encouragement. Just go up and a, a pat on the back. Because as, as people, those of us who are out trying, all of you, trying to share Christ's love in a practical way, there's all kinds of barriers sometimes to that. Feed my sheep, Jesus says. Let somebody know that God loves them, and so do you. It's not always easy, feeding sheep. Sometimes it takes us out of our comfort zone. Have you ever been sitting in a waiting room in a hospital and just looked around? And wouldn't you like to just go over and say, can I pray with you? Especially if you're an introvert, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. And yet... A little prayer will give you the strength. And who knows what that feeding will do for that person. Who knows what, what, what's going on in their mind or what's going on in their life and what they're waiting for on what's going on back on the other side of the waiting room wall. Who knows? Feeding, feeding sheep, though, is not always easy. It's not always the most pleasant task in the world because, you know, sheep sometimes are a challenge. Sheep sometimes don't smell so good. You ever been around a barnyard? Sometimes sheep downright stink. <laughs> and they aren't the easiest animals to care for, from what I understand. They have a mind of their own. You all know any sheep like that? Have a mind of their own? Sheep don't always go where the shepherd wants them to go. <laughs> and they get stuck in some places where they shouldn't be. <laughs> and they need help getting unstuck, don't they? Hmm. Sheep need to be led. They need to be guided. 
they need to be encouraged to find new places to graze. And the bottom line is this. Sheep need shepherds, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. The mission here at Connection is to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. And that means that all kinds of sheep walk in the door. And I pray that that will always be. And that we reach out in care and concern for every single person that comes on this property. That we never turn our back on anyone. And if we get in that mindset that we need everybody to be just like us, I pray that God just slams our door shut. Because we are here to reflect Christ to the world. To be Jesus with skin on. Jesus is our shepherd. We're his sheep. He loves us to the point where he laid his life down for each one of us. And so we need to do that as well for others. He laid his life down that we might be forgiven. Amen? Amen. But you know what's even more incredible than the forgiveness is the fact we're not just forgiven, but we're restored. Restored. Brought back in to that place where we were before we sinned. Back to that place where Adam and Eve were <coughs> before the fall. Restored. Jesus wants us to know that we're restored. And how so? By asking us <laughs> if we love him. And, 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 and then if we say yes, by giving us the opportunity, the privilege. It's a responsibility, but more than a responsibility, it's a privilege that Christ would entrust us with his sheep. That's just mind-boggling when you think about it. But he, we're restored enough that he would entrust us with his sheep, with the opportunity to be his shepherds, to be his people, to be his followers, to do hopefully what he would do, giving us the opportunity to feed his sheep. Do you love me? Jesus asks us. Do you love me? And if our answer is yes, which I hope it is, he says, feed my sheep. Mm. So we would encourage you during the, this last song to take some time and make yourself vulnerable. Open yourself up. <laughs> and uh, if you open yourself up, who knows? Jesus might say, do you love me? <laughs> I sure hope so. I would encourage you to open yourself up at your seats. Open yourself up at the front steps. You know, be open. Jesus says, do you love me? And then the question is, what am I going to say? Hopefully it's yes. But you know what's going to happen if you say yes. Then Jesus is going to follow that up with something else, and he's going to say three little words. Say it with me. Feed my sheep. And then the question is, Jesus, which sheep do you want me to feed, and what kind of feeding do you want me to do? Because the way you feed is going to be different than you, going to be different than you, different than me, because we're wired each in a special way to feed sheep the way Christ wants us to feed them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So open yourself up. Let Jesus say, do you love me? Hopefully answer yes. And then get ready for the direction for the sheep feeding that's coming. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God. Ha! What a story. Restoration, sheep feeding, what an adventure. Please help us just to be open to where you're leading us, that we might say, yes, I love you, Jesus. 
Show me what sheep need feeding and how you want me to feed them. It's in Christ and your Holy Spirit we pray and all Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.